millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars, and let's have some fun. That's right. Fun and Star Wars. They can go together. A lot of things go together with Star Wars. Adventure, morality lessons, more adventure, lightsabers, and even politics. Yes, even politics belongs in Star Wars because that's what... George Lucas intended, but he also intended for all of us to have a little fun, a little Flash Gordon serial action. It was his version of it as well. He just took modern times 
and wove it into the story set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But fun does exist in Star Wars, and I wanted to focus on fun a little bit because the conversation around Star Wars can get prickly. It always has been. Don't don't uh, don't let anyone tell you different, especially going back to 1999. It it definitely took a turn for the different back then. We just didn't have podcasts. We didn't have YouTube channels. We didn't have blogs. Uh, you know, unless you had a GeoCity site. Uh, the but I can I can recall many a prickly heated debate over Star Wars back in 1999, 2002, and 2005. But I I think as of late, it it has the tone and tenor has changed. And what's interesting, I. As you guys know, I still appear on Collider Jedi Council, even though I, I don't work over there Collider anymore. Um, I still go back when I can to Jedi Council. And uh, com- YouTube comment section aside, toss that out. I haven't looked at a YouTube comment section in l- literally two calendar years, at least one at Collider or Screen Junkies when I was working there. Um, I just don't. It's a cesspool. You throw it out. There's maybe 10%. Of solid conversation uh, with very thoughtful, insightful fans and very nice fans, and and then there's and that includes people who might disagree with things, but have a a, a good way of expressing it. Uh, ninety ninety uh, percent don't just don't lie to yourself. It's horrible, it's accessible. So I don't count that in this conversation. But I I did see sometime there's been a couple times over uh, on Collider Jedi Council where some people have tweeted us and saying, you know, just we're tired of uh, we're getting tired of you guys, the hosts of the show. Um, and I'm just a panelist now. I used to co-produce it for a while, but I'm, I'm just, I show up as a guest now and say, Hey, we're tired. You guys seem beat up by the fandom, but we're also kind of tired of hearing about it. And that's a fair criticism. I get that. No, no one wants to hear us tune into us shouting at you going, you suck telling us we suck. Yeah, that's annoying. That's too much. And I get it. Uh, but you should pause and say, well, what's causing normally, really happy-go-lucky Star Wars fans to just feel beat up. There is something behind it, but it's true, and it's there, and, and it wears on you. You can see sometimes on our faces. Um, we just don't want to have those discussions. The Dan and Dave news, the Benioff and Weiss taking over a, a, a series of Star Wars films, when it first broke, I literally shrugged. My shoulders sagged. I kind of sighed because I knew this was going to start a, a, an important conversation diversity in star wars diversity behind the scenes are these guys qualified should we be worried about some of these things should we give them the chance to hire directors that we'd be more happy with blah, blah, all that stuff good conversations to have we had it this week on council we're gonna have it on force center um those are conversations that again are needed that star wars star wars is in the culture star wars is of the culture star wars is about morality lessons for 12 year olds on the edge of adulthood all that is there, but I just, I meant my shoulders kind of sank. So I was like, this is, this is not going to be a good week. It's not going to be a good week. It's hard to have nuanced conversations on Star Wars. And, and for Center, we're generally really have a very understanding, thoughtful, insightful, positive community. You guys deserve all the credit, our regular listeners. Some, some new ears have popped in. And uh, we had a, you know, we talked about the, the Dan and Dave news and our thoughts on it. And, Jennifer's very passionate about some of her thoughts on it. Joseph, very uh, passionate on some of it, and 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 me as well. Really stand my by my uh, notion that it was at best, at best, a tone deaf announcement. And uh, some of you out there just not happy with us about it. Go back to just talking about the films. Go back to just having fun. And that kind of that upsets. I'll tell you, it upsets me. And you, I, I have a temper. I have a temper. You guys don't see it on air. I, I was upset this week. I, got, I had some ruffled 
feathers. My cackles were cackled, um, especially over on Jedi Council. The finger-wagging lecture from some of the fans about what we can or cannot talk about. It gets to me sometimes. Um, but then I don't want it to spill out. And, then, and because podcasting and broadcasting, which I am a broadcaster, I'm a radio guy at heart, it is intimate. It works best when I am honest with you. So sometimes I feel when I turn on the microphone, I should be honest with you guys. I'm upset this week. I'm upset at Star Wars fans because they're upset at me. And I want to address it. And that's what I'm addressing a little bit right now. But I wanted really, I wanted to really, really stop right now. And I, I want to, I owe this to, to Jennifer Landa, who is working on a new program here in Fort Center. I'm not going to say any more than that, other than her idea for it is going to really help bring some needed Zen, some needed comfort, some needed joy. Not that Force Center doesn't. Databank brawls are insanely, stupidly joyful, right? They're just Joseph and me, or Joseph and me and a guest, uh, just having stupid fun with characters that we love. Uh, we love that. Star Wars ranked as well. We try that. Um, but the main show, we, we're going to continue to talk about important things, but don't get me wrong there. But uh, the show Jennifer's working on, it, it's going to, it's it's coming from such a warm loving place and inspired by that today with my cackles admittedly up my cackles are cackled put that on a t-shirt i've been upset the last two weeks as a star wars fan and not at any particular one thing or one person or one fan group or anything i've just been like it almost it's just like where's the joy i realize wait this mic i can bring some joy Jennifer pointed it out to me in an off-air conversation. Something, again, something she's working on. Um, we do this because we love Star Wars. We're all passionate about it. If you hated The Last Jedi and you wanted me to know about it because I love The Last Jedi, it's because you're passionate about Star Wars. And I'm passionate about Star Wars. We're just going to have to agree to disagree and still be passionate about something that we both love in Star Wars. So I wanted to take a breath. <sighs> I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back to the beginning. When I say the beginning, I mean, what brought you to Star Wars? It was the early moment that hooked you. And I've answered this question before. A lot of times when I go on new Star Wars podcasts, uh, one of the questions is, hey, when did, when did you first love Star Wars? What brought, got you into Star Wars? And I go to Luke's green lightsaber and the Return of the Jedi trailer, uh, the adventure speed. So Jedi was the first one I saw in the theater that I remember seeing, of course. New Hope, I was one swaddled in a blanket. Don't remember it, but I do believe the Force just seeped into me there. Um, but it was, yeah, Jedi, the early adventure, all that kind of stuff. But beyond that, something starts to build, right? If you connect with this at a young age, here I am, six and seven years old, connecting with this thing I don't fully understand. What is it? Is it the stormtroopers with their laser guns? Is it the Jedi with their laser swords? Is it learning that they're lightsabers, but George Lucas still calls them laser swords? Is it seeing the X-Wings, the Y-Wings fly across the screen? Is it seeing Lando and Nine-Num cheering as they blow up the Death Star? Is it... Is it the Ewoks? Yes, the Ewoks. Yub-nubbing their way through a big battle for an un, unpredictable victory. Is it the joy of that? Is it the Yub-nub song? Is it being seven and not questioning the humor of Jedi, 
which at times is over the top. Not questioning teddy bears with zippers on their <laughs> on their costumes, defeating armored imperials. Is it just taking it all in? And that's what I want today to be about. You still may be upset about some things going on in the Star Wars universe. And it, I'm not talking about either side of the same issue. You over there might be upset. You listening over there might be upset. I'm still to having to take some deep breaths, right? But let's go back to the beginning. Find your inner Star Wars joy. I remember coming out of the theater and in the days that followed, knowing immediately, because I was old enough, I could read, I knew my numbers, I could read, and I, I knew episode six meant there were five other ones before this, and I remember asking about it. And my mother, I would ask, I remember particularly at a grocery store in Arroyo Grande, California, uh, a brand called Lucky's. I don't know if it's still around. Lucky's Grocery Store. Um, I think Stephanie Edwards was a, a spokeswoman for <laughs> Lucky's Grocery Stores for a long time. In line, I remember we're checking out. I remember this as if it was yesterday. Remember what it feels. I don't remember the exact words. I just remember asking my mom, but okay, but. Uh, who's Obi? Like, does Obi Wan? Did Obi Wan know he knew Luke's dad, and and that's Darth Vader? Did they like hang out? Were they like friends? Did they fight together? Um, how did? When did they? Like, was Yoda always there? Like, I, I had just well, pepper in these questions. And again, I I'd seen New Hope with no memory. It was literally one years of age, roughly around that time, maybe a year and a month, and. uh uh, have no memory of Empire Strikes Back. At this point, I think Battlestar Galactica, the 1970s, uh, late 70s show, I think that's Star Wars as well. Because my mom, mom and dad would have it on, or my dad would watch it. Um, and it just naturally, as when you're that age, you're thinking, like, in my memory banks, in 83, I think the Battlestar Galactica, the run was over, including the horrible spinoff. Um, but, you know, syndication was on, and it was just in my memory. It was, just, it was in my memory. And then my, one of my cousins had Battlestar Galactica figures, and, in, and this is cruel, unintentional, but cruel. He had Battlestar Galactica figures, but he, he had them mixed in with his Star Wars figures. So um, I was set up for failure. I think Starbuck and Luke Skywalker are buddies was confusing so here i am in this lucky grocery store asking my mother all these questions about the star wars universe and that's something that carries over to the day to this very day because it isn't just what i'm seeing on screen when i watch star wars now it isn't what i just read in the comics or the books or when i'm coloring the coloring books it isn't just when i pick up a, a six inch black series figure and just look at this figure and feel, you know, it's not the figure itself. It's what it's connected to. When I watch Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, I feel connected to this bigger world. I feel a desire to know more about it. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I've watched all the movies, haven't read the books. Um, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I get it. And I do enjoy them. I just, I just, I enjoy good butterbeer over at Universal Studios. Um, the ride made me sick. <laughs> but I get it because it is this world. It's a mythology. 
It's all there. And um, that was there at the beginning. Going back to this grocery store, my poor mother, check it out, paying with a check. Someone bagging groceries. And here I am just like, okay, but, but like, but, 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 but does like the, does Luke know? Did Luke know? Um, when did the rebels form a team? Um, uh, who's the emperor? Like all these questions. Just like someone out there right now, six or seven is probably going, who is Snoke? Why didn't Snoke have a backstory? Here I am, seven, going, I need to know more about this emperor guy. Is his name Sheev? So there, it's at the beginning. And that's where my joy really picked up. This bigger universe. Now, I'm, I'm getting lessons. George's plan of speaking to 12-year-olds and telling them, you're on the cusp of adulthood. Here's lessons to learn. I'm seven, and I'm getting, getting that uploaded into my brain. And it carried over almost immediately to the playgrounds. I was at Harlow Elementary School, Margaret Harlow Elementary in Royal Grande, California. We had a, um, a great uh, big playground with an old wood structure with a metal slide that probably uh, would have been, uh, definitely was eventually replaced. And you would have thought it from medieval, medieval age if you had seen it now. And I know I've told this before elsewhere, so it's a little bit of a repeat, but like every day following Return of the Jedi, so this is May of 83, so you didn't get a little bit of that school year and then the beginning of the next school year. Uh, my friends and I were obsessed with playing Star Wars. And it was the bigger universe. It was the bigger mythology. We were writing our own standalone movies. We were creating our own extended universe expanding it far and wide. Um, we would assign parts. I remember getting the chance to be Luke. I remember the chance to be Han. I remember the chance to be Lando. And I remember thinking Lando was so cool, but also everyone wanted to be Han and everyone wanted to be Luke being... Darth Vader was considered pretty cool, but the other parts, being Chewbacca, being Lando, being Wedge, um, being a, an AT-AT commander, all these other parts, we had to assign them. Or uh, we needed some people to be Weequay on the skiff. Because yeah, this, this barge, this, this contraption in our schoolyard uh, looked, it was, it was built like the top of it was like a skiff. And so we could easily jump into the sand and it was... Uh, you know, with all the sand, it just naturally, we always wanted to reenact uh, the Sarlacc pit scene. And I remember having to convince people, look, you're, you're going to be Lando today, but here's what you don't know about Lando. Lando is half force sensitive. He is uh, Luke's cousin. And no one questioned it. And I said, he doesn't have full force abilities, but he can call lightsabers to him. My friends would be like, oh, well, I didn't know that. That's cool. Definitely want to be Lando. And then there were days where like, no, no, I want to be Lando because that's a cool power. So you're already building the stories. You're already inspired. We'd reenact things and sometimes it would be different. And then I'd go home and I'd, in my backyard, reenact scenes from Endor. This is without action figures. This is without lightsaber toys. 
This is like using a, a small stick found in my backyard as a lightsaber or a piece of driftwood as a blaster. This is pure imagination. Unadulterated, unfiltered imagination inspired by the Star Wars universe. And now, those little moments connect. The battle scenes connect. And I would go, I would fight walkers. I'd fight ATSDs. I would get on speeder, speeder bikes. I would either be, maybe I was the Empire. Even though I have an affinity for the Empire and I love, uh, love their cool toys, I'd always like stealing speeder bikes because Luke and Leia did it. I loved watching Leia bark orders. So I would bark orders too. Take control. Make, uh, you know, field decisions, command decisions. That's why I always say Hoth Leia. That was the Leia I loved. She had that white jumper, her hair up, ready to go. Ready to stay with her troops. The last to leave in command. That made an impression on me. As did Luke and his adventures. And definitely Hans swashbuckling. I felt even then I would never be as cool as Han Solo. Poor, poor Alden Ehrenreich. He's got to be as cool as Han Solo. And I think he'll, I think he will. That stuff carries over. In 2002, following uh, the Phantom Menace in 1999, my fandom of Star Wars was still strong. I was disappointed by the Phantom Menace. I was there. I saw it eight times in the theater. And maybe after the eighth one, I was like, ah, maybe it's, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. And I wear the prequelist t-shirts now and I have the stickers and I call myself a prequelist because I am. And I love these movies. I love the prequel stories. I love the era. I love the characters. But I will never, never deny that following Phantom Menace, after I saw it eight times, I was like, ooh, I want better. And Attack of the Clones came and, uh, well, it wasn't. Still a lot there I enjoy now. But this is why... I will never say I had a full change. I, I've been told this from my friends. who are like, you used to hate the prequels. Now you like them. That's fair. That's fair to say. But here's the moment. And I, I, I have a witness to this. My friend Paul, who we saw these movies together with. And, and, and he's always been, I'll give him credit, just kind of like, yeah, man, I like the prequels. And he's thoughtful. He's insightful. He gets it. He's a storyteller. He gets it. But he just had this. Dude, it's Star Wars. It's fun. And here I was just like, wow, I don't need no. But here's the thing. We walked out. We saw Attack of the Clones in uh, Northridge, California at the Pacific Theaters in 2002. And we walked out. And the, the battle on Geonosis, Geonosis, which still to this day, in, in Joseph and I's prequel episodes, I talk about one of my favorite things about Attack of the Clones is, those, is that battle. And some of those shots, George pulled off some great shots. The quick zooms. On the carriers, on the dropships, the that shot from behind as the clones shoot into a cloud of dust. Beautiful stuff. Love it. The sounds. That ship gets in a view and the gun, uh, the guns reload. That is some wonderful Star Wars action. And when I popped out of the theater, oh, I didn't like R2. And 3PO, R2 flying around, 3PO getting his head replaced with a droid. I didn't like that. Still cringe at that. 
Padme and, and Anakin uh, didn't have the chemistry I think I wanted. I still think that. A lot of that stuff still remains, but there's a lot of great things there. I will say from the beginning, I've always liked Dexter's Diner. And Dexter. And WA7. And Hermione Bagwell. But when I walked out, the thing I said to my friend Paul was that battle. I'll tell you what. There's some things I don't like in this. And he kind of rolled his eyes. Ah, he's like, it's great. I loved it. I said, there's some things I really don't like in this. But I'll tell you what. That battle made me want to go back to the playground. It made me want to pretend to be a clone trooper, grabbing a piece of driftwood in my backyard and pew, pew, pew in my way around the backyard fighting droids. That's why I like Battlefront 2 and Battlefront so much still. I get the criticisms. I get the criticism of, of EA. I get it. But when I'm streaming or playing, you guys are watching me on Twitch. I hope you are. Um, that's, that's the connection. I'm just a clone pew-pewing around. And I, when I came out of Attack of the Clones, that was my uh, rough quote. I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure, a little bit. But that was my feeling, and that's what I said to my friend Paul. And that carries over. Carries over to Rogue One, the most realistic depiction uh, of war, I think, in Star Wars yet. That's why I think that movie succeeds more than it fails. And in Last Jedi, I joke about my, my love of Tally Lintra, and I hope you guys love Tally Lintra as well. And her line, her line about the bombers and the fighters. It harkens back to that, that feeling. She's going into battle. Bombers keep those tight formations. Fighters protect the bombers. That's something I would have said over and over and over again on the playground. And I would have gotten that A-wing. I would have pretended to whoosh around. Because we all probably did that on the playground at some point, no matter what generation of a Star Wars fan you are. You probably ran around the playground with your friends, with your hands in front of you like you were controlling a, a ship. And here you are, seven, eight years old, running around on the playground going... I watched that opening sequence, which has deep themes. Paige with her sacrifice, the slow motion, the music. The First Order absolutely ripping apart the Cobalt Squadron. And those resistance bombers going down. It's got some, it's got some deep war themes going on there. It's very World War II. I mentioned often I love Memphis Bell, one of my favorite movies. And that opening sequence has a lot of that there. I'm connecting to that. I'm connecting to the deep themes. But underneath that, as I'm watching The Last Jedi... Over and over and over again. I am a kid again on the playground. I'm whooshing around in Tally's blue A-wing. I'm whooshing around in Poe's black X-wing. I'm flying a bomber. Or maybe I'm flying a TIE silencer. Maybe I'm Captain Kennedy. Unhappy with his boss. Unhappy with his leadership. Knowing he's about to die because of their failures. Maybe I don't understand those themes at that age, but in my heart, I get it. So there is still joy in Star Wars. 
and we can get into the bigger debates. We can talk about Ryan Johnson's decisions. We can talk about what is Kathleen Kennedy doing? Does she care about canon? Who should be writing, directing, and producing these Star Wars stories? Who should be in these Star Wars stories? Those are all important discussions that a passionate fan base will continue and should have. Star Wars should spark questions. It should make us look at ourselves and our culture. It should make us question things. It might even make you choose a side. It might make you say, I'm still not going to join. It it should do all these big things. It will do all these big things, and we will continue to talk about these big things. But I want you all to stop today. I want you all to stop this week. And if you're a passionate Star Wars fan, if you still want to stick around, and I respect people who say, you know what, the new Disney Star Wars stuff ain't for me. I'm packing my bag and I'm going back to the original trilogies or maybe even the, the first six and I'm staying there. You know what? You will get no scoff or eyes rolled at me. You will get no condescension from me. You will get me going. I get it. Be happy. Because Star Wars is about being happy. I didn't continue to read the expanded universe. I stopped. And I get some heat for it. Especially when I say it on Jedi Council. I get some heat for it. But I stopped. Because that wasn't my Star Wars. It might be your Star Wars. That's fair. But by the time I got to the end of the Jedi Academy trilogy, which wasn't bad. I just was at the end of it. I was like, mm, okay. Good job, Kevin J. Anderson. Good job. Then I started seeing the other stuff coming out. And I read The Courtship of Princess Leia. And the Truce of Baccarat. I think I got halfway through. And I read some of that stuff. And I was like, I don't, I'm not finding the joy in this. I'm going to stick with what I got over here. I did that. If you're doing that now, you'll get a hug from me, not a slap. But all that to say, this week, no matter where you are as a Star Wars fan, this week, stop, press on the brakes, and consciously think, maybe even write down where the joy of Star Wars began, and maybe more specifically how. What about it? What drew you to it? Me, it was big fights. Me was this action, this larger world, wanting to know more of who knew what and who connected to what and who's who in the zoo. Maybe for you it was something else. Maybe it was spiritual. Maybe it was um, the, 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 the themes of, 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 uh, of parents, uh, the themes of standing up, the themes, uh, themes of getting yourself off a off a godforsaken rock in the far corner of the galaxy, which definitely connected to me later. Find it. Find what's there. Write it down. Explore it. And see how it connects now. You still may not like Porgs. You may not like what happened to Luke. But I bet you'll find something, much like I did in Attack of the Clones in 2002, that connects to the first moments you fell in love with Star Wars. It's there. It has to be there. I want you all to find it this week. That's Spotlight Star Wars for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We are growing, and with that, new ears come on in, and they have new questions and new points of view and new perspectives, and we want them all here. 
Force Center continues to go on. We are so happy to expand to YouTube with databank brawls on there. Subscribe to us on Force Center at YouTube on YouTube, and you'll see our uh, rebroadcast of databank brawls. Take them with you where you want to go. This podcast is available: Podomatic, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, which is great. You can take us even more spots. And uh, we do have the Patreon page. If you want to choose to support, look out there. We got some rewards. And if you want a prequelist sticker or a prequelist shirt, go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Support the show that way as well. Guys, you're the best. May that force thing kind of sort of always remain around. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.